I'm Jillian Raymond, the co-creator of Juicy Bits and a Coalition Snow ambassador. And I'm Jen Gorecki, your co-host and the CEO of Coalition Snow. For those of you who are new, get ready to laugh, cry, and maybe pee your pants a little. Juicy Bits is about taking the conversations that we start on the chairlift and at the trailhead and bringing them to you to explore alternative narratives that challenge the status quo about what it means to be a modern woman in the outdoors. Grab your helmet because sometimes it's a bumpy ride. FYI, friends, this podcast is for mature audiences, so you've been warned. Let's get to work and juice the patriarchy. I don't, Jillian, I don't really know the best way to start this episode, given that what we were just discussing off air was like, how do we want to start talking about the word cunt? I mean, that's like how how do you get into talking about how you just throw the word cunt around multiple times like I did in my own shop to two adults who were strangers? I mean, there's a whole story behind it. That's what we're here to talk about. But I mean, cunt, it just like rolls off the, like, cunt, like it's one of those words. I, I think cunt is almost I think it, it does have to do a little bit with context, but I don't, I don't throw it out. I don't use it that often. I may, this might be the first time I've said cunt this calendar year. I don't know if I say yeah. it that much. Yeah. It's interesting. It, so I, I spend a lot of time with people from the UK because of my, of the work that I do in Kenya with Zawadisha and people say cunt like it's no big deal. And I, I know, I understand that context, so I don't take offense to it. Also, some of us might remember way back in the day when Eve Ensler first came out with the vagina monologues and she, one of her monologues was cunt and it was about reclaiming the word. So I, I personally don't, it doesn't make me cringe, but I understand the power of the word and I understand how it makes other people feel, which is exactly why I chose to use it multiple times a few weeks ago. Yeah. Like if we were having, if we were just like playing around and I was like, Oh, you're such a fucking cunt. Like, would in that context, I think it's it's about the intent, the impact, um, and the use of the word. But I want to hear in your situation, this was used. Well, let me hear it. I want to I want to understand how cunt was just such a part of the conversation. <laughs> how it just pulled off the tongue so easily. Well, okay. So, little background for our listeners, in case you don't know. Coalition Snow opened up a retail store um, in Reno in the Reno Public Market back in November. So we have this beautiful brick and mortar store and I am in there a couple times a week. And a few weeks ago I was in there and I um, there was a couple, an older couple. By older, I mean like over 60, right? Um, and they, the the man in particular was looking at our skis. And so we were talking about skis. And then he 
and we were probably talking about skis for about five minutes. And then he uh, was talking about how he wanted to, how he likes to try skis. And I said, oh, well, we have a demo day at Palisades tomorrow. And again, for our listeners who maybe don't know, Palisades is the resort in Lake Tahoe. That is the new name. It was um, renamed because the original name uh, was basically like a, a racist, um, sexist, misogynistic slur against indigenous women. So the the name has been changed and the name actually is Palisades and it has actually created quite a bit of debate and not everybody is pleased with it. I clearly um, am very happy about the name change and happy to use the name Palisades. Anyways, I say, uh, oh, we have a demo day at Palisades tomorrow. And he and his wife look at me and they go, oh, we don't, we don't call it that. And so, so that was one of these moments where I was like, well, I have some choices here. I can either let it go or I can ask them why they feel that way. I can argue with that. Like there's so many things that you can do, but I knew for me that I feel really strongly about, you know, as a, as a middle-class educated straight presenting white woman, I'm going to use that power and privilege. And so this was an opportunity to have a conversation with people who needed to understand why their language and and their perspective around this is um, offensive. And so being who I am, you know, they, they sort of, you know, we don't use that name. We're not doing it. And I said, Oh, so do you like to use the word cunt? And they looked at me and I was like, do you like the word cunt? And they didn't know what to make of it. And I said, well, I'm asking you that because when you use that term, the, the, you know, the um, former name of the, of the ski resort, that's essentially what you're saying. Like that, the, the word is a derogatory term against indigenous women that is sexual in nature. Um, and I said, so do you feel comfortable using that, that word? And their response was, well, we didn't know that that's what it meant. And I said, well, why do you think they changed the name? And, and so this, these are these fascinating parts, right? Like you feel so strongly that you're going to argue with me. I am the owner of a ski shop. You're going to argue with me about the, the use of the name, but you don't even know why it's being changed. Like do your fucking homework. So then I said, well, you know, as... As a woman, I don't particularly care for the word cunt, and I certainly wouldn't want to be called cunt. And so now that you know that that word is essentially equivalent to calling women cunts, do you think that you'll use the word cunt? You, will you continue to use it? And I just kept saying it. And they just looked like they just could not even wrap their heads around what was going on. And then the, the man says to me, well, clearly you're very passionate about this. And I said, oh, oh no, oh, I'm not passionate. passionate. Yeah, I said, oh, no, no, I'm not passionate about this. This is actually the work that we do here. This is the work that my business has been involved in, which is making the outdoors a more inclusive place, a, a place for everyone to feel welcome. And so the way that we do that is around our language. And if you knew that by simply changing one word would dramatically improve someone else's well-being, their their emotional and arguably physical well-being, um, when particularly when you think about the way that we use words as tools to dehumanize people, so then we can further physically harm them. 
um, I, I said to him, like, why wouldn't, why wouldn't you just change your, your language? What an incredible place, like an incredible position of power to know that your language has, like, is that powerful that you would just be able to change it and make someone else's life better. That's, that's what we do here. That's what we're doing. That's what I'm asking you to do. And then they told me, then they said, well, we hope you have a very nice day. And they left the shop. So they did not think that the, uh, their time in my shop was going to go like that. And also they were so comfortable with challenging me on the use of, of the name Palisades that makes you wonder like what other conversations have they had? What have they gotten away with? Like clearly no one's challenged them because they had no problem with arguing with me. And that was that, well, you fuck around, you find out. Oh, guess you missed the memo. You're in Jen Gorecki's shop. We're fucking going there. So I just said cunt a million times. Now, I know that my approach isn't necessarily the approach that everyone would take. Also, there's all different scenarios in which people don't use the word palisades and doesn't necessarily require you to immediately jump to just, you know, saying cunt. 20 times in five minutes. Um, and you've had some similar experience. Like we all have these experiences on the chairlift, in the lift line, chatting with friends, but you, you also have had, you, you've dealt with this, this winter as well. Well, I have one of the things I appreciate though, that you touched on that makes me think in, in this scenario, right. Where these people, you feel like you have not maybe been challenged or what, what other mm-hmm. scenarios have they just kind of continued to throw out their word, um, in a flippant way. And just sort of in this ownership way of like, well, we don't have to do that. I don't have to do that. Just, you're reeking of the sense of privilege. And I think when they're, when that gets validated by those other people around them, that's yeah. also what makes things kind of gross because you don't have yeah. any room for growth in the industry and within those conversations and circles, because everyone's like, yeah, I'm totally with you. Like I'm, I'm going to, I'm not going to say Palisades any, I'm, I'm going to keep saying the S word and then going yeah. back to not understanding the reasonings behind. So one of the things that happened to me this season, so I spent a lot of time at Palisades. Um, I happened to be there this afternoon. My little one um, is on ski team. I, I teach yoga in the Valley. And prior to them landing on Palisades, when the conversation first came up, I was very, very focused on using the word Valley, Olympic Valley, and just starting to help shift it in my own personal circles, right? Thinking about this is how we do the work. This is how we interact. And I would appreciate when people would ask me why, and then I could offer up what, you know, again, the understanding I have of it, the work that's rooted in what I do as an educator. And also to your point of, it's not something to be passionate about or a fucking hobby. It's like, we want the, I want to be in the lift line with people that feel safe to be there. And again, that's physical and emotional. And one of the things about that is I've run into certain scenarios and I feel like for all of our listeners right now, when you're like, all right, well, I want to be the person that when I hear that, how do I respond? What do I say? And I've had some that have felt really aggressive and really unsafe. And I, I also think that's very powerful. Language is powerful, but as a cisgendered white female, there are some times where I do feel levels of unsafety in my life. But for the most part, that's not a daily lived experience. And so it's like that choice, right? Do you put yourself in a scenario where literally like my blood is boiling? Like my my blood pressure has been up on that mountain this season several times and not because of pushing myself to like adrenaline rock and, and to, to moves and, and skiing in a way that has that. It's more based on interactions with other humans. 
Um, one one thing I do really appreciate is when I'll when I hear the S word come out of someone's mouth and then I say, "Oh wait, did you mean Palisades?" and they're like, "Thank you." I'm really sorry. I'm, I'm working on shifting it. I'm like, what a fucking concept. Look at us in a community doing some work. And to yeah. this dude in your fucking shop, this is what happens when people, when they want to tell me that they don't know why, or they think it was some sort of like PR thing associated with the gondola. And I'm like, if you took a fraction of the time that you spent on whether open snow or Palisade social media, bitching about fucking parking, looking at weather, tracking your vert and watched what that um, entity is done to share the information around the name change and what they offer and having Washoe elders take you up the tram to talk about the, the nature of their relationship with that valley. There are what I would consider very uh, mainstream and very conventional outlets that have made that information available to the public. Also so Google. Like, so yeah. there's also something called yeah. Google. So I'm, I'm sure, um, you like, okay, boomer. I know you had a, I know you know how to fucking Google things, uh, if you just Google like the meaning of the meaning of the word or like, why is this, why is the word bad? Like the most basic Google search will tell you why we no longer use that word. Yeah. So Google's also a thing. And, and if that's all, yeah, go, go Google it. Google is your friend. And, but to your point, yes, sometimes people don't use the word, don't use the name Palisades. And I've been in scenarios where I just say, yeah, this is the same thing, Palisades. And people go, oh, yeah. I don't throw the word cunt out every single time I hear someone not use Palisades. Like there are these different levels. Um, and sometimes people do out of habit or what, you know, they don't, they don't use the correct name. And that is an opportunity to welcome people in with kindness and a reminder. And then, and it could, it could spur a really fantastic conversation around the importance of the name change. It's just when you want to argue, then it's on, then it's on. Oh, my, one of my, I, I don't want to say it was my favorite because it was one of the more toxic ones, but I happened to be riding um, the lift at a different mountain where I got on the lift and the person next to me, and I should have known, I could like smell their booze, right? The booze was just like wafting oh. off of them towards me. And I was like, Hey, hey, have a great ski, you know, hope you're having fun. And I'm just kind of like minding my own business. And they start, um, the other humans on the trail start talking and they start throwing around the S word. And I was like, hey, just, you know, like in our community, that's definitely a dirty word. Um, we're, we're really working on changing it. We're shifting it. Just imagine it's like you're saying fucking whore every time you say it. And they look at me and they're like, you're a fucking whore. And I was like, okay, now I'm on the lift and I have nowhere to go. Okay, Jillian, I got you're on the lift with people that are inebriated and you're thinking you're going to like maybe have a friendly conversation again from like a community standpoint. And so thankfully it was a short lift and we get up at the top and they start skiing after me, calling me fucking whore. So I ski away as fast as I can. Then when I get back in the lift line and I'm ahead of them, they start yelling the S word at the top of their lungs. So this was a scenario where I was feeling like, okay, okay, you know, alcohol can create aggression, right? And I was like, you know, some people, they just, maybe they, they smell, could have been from last night, who knows? But this scenario of like wanting to have the 
thoughtful conversation and it to me feeling like the right setting we're out in the mountain and this is kind of in our community it's all of our responsibilities it was ugly and i was actually i was just very i just skied away i was like holy holy fucking shit yeah that was and probably the sort of thing you could have done like i would have done a few things i probably would have been like that's not what your mom said last night but that probably would have made it worse but i probably would have i mean it would have been hard like because that's funny um <laughs> I probably would have gotten out my phone and just started recording them. And I probably would have said, like, if you take this a step further, I'm calling 911. Like, I just would like, I would have just like, I'm going to call the, like, you are now threatening me. And I would have started filming them. But that is um, particularly like, maybe not on the lift, but like, if they like skiing after Mm -hmm. that's, I was much faster than them and was able to like, safely execute what I needed to, but it did have me think one, I don't want to be quiet when I hear it, but then also like in terms of personal safety and certain scenarios, what does it, what does it look like when you're met with really, um, you know, an intensity, like I have a little bit of a friendship right now. That's, uh, that's a little rocky with uh, a dear human that I, I really respect and care for that has lived in Olympic Valley for a very long time. And I broached the conversation with them more so like, how does it, um, how has it felt like in the community and the movement, like to see them have changed the, the road signs and names and just really good movement around again, it being like, this is where I, where this lands for me, Jen, is one of those fucking non-negotiables where I'm like, yeah, we're, I'm not debating. Not even you. Up for de- yeah. It's not, it's, not not even, it's not up for debate. It's not, it's not even debatable, but I like personal safety is definitely an issue. And I, and neither one of us would advocate that someone put themselves in um, an unsafe situation, but that, that is the power and privilege that goes along with being white and cis and being part also of ski culture. Like we we look, we fit, we fit. Right. And that's exactly why we do need to speak up because we are fundamentally safer than an indigenous woman, than a, a woman of color, than, you know, then, 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 then list, list it. And so while what happened to you was certainly scary, also you didn't get hurt and they didn't, you know, like it didn't happen. And isn't that the case so many times where men try, they, they threaten us and they, they want us to be afraid so that we stop, but ultimately they may not go there, particularly in a public setting like that. So it's this tricky thing, right. Of you, you absolutely need to say something. Um, and then also ensure that you're safe, um, mm-hmm. at the same time, but we, we have a much different level of safety than, than others much better. Yeah. And I think that silence is just the, you know, again, back to the privilege and the complicity of it. And, you know, I I do think there's always, there's always risk in in speaking out. And I think I I appreciate how you put it because in that sense, that's really what those that can be super aggressive and oppressive want. It's like, Oh, just, you know, just scare them a couple of times and they'll be quiet or they'll stop saying, or they'll stop pushing. And it's like this, again, this isn't really up. It's not for debate. It's one of those movements. You could maybe debate like, Oh, I don't know why they picked navy and orange. Like, fine if you really have a fe- a strong feeling about that. But I also no, I don't like that. I have I've talked about that. I do not- <laughs> I hate orange. Well, and I that's mean- what I mean. Like, that, I'm mean, you're you're totally entitled to have an opinion about that. You know, I do pre- like the, you know the, all the teams and all the colors. They stand out really great. It's very clashy. It's very weird. Um, but I'm like, that's fine. That's a color palette. But it's it's like yeah. 
And again, it's so hard to try to think in a sense of someone that has less information or less access to it. And that's my, my encounters have, have been the ones that are more positive where they're like, I want, I want to understand it. Um, that's really interesting. I didn't know that. Oh my God. I didn't know. And that it, as a, as a history teacher and as someone who works with youth, it is so fascinating to move indigenous culture out of a fucking past tense textbook and that's what is sadly sold and that narrative a lot is presented and students are like well back then and they and I'm like this is what is it's I'm so sorry that this is what you've been told so now let's let's figure out you know um let's unpack some truths here and understand legacies of, of colonization and, and colonizer settler mentality and I think what this example really shows is that constant this sense of like, it's mine. I conquered it. I named it. It's ours. Like some of the idea of like, it, it uh, that's my mountain. Yeah. The and that's where it's like, you are on unceded indigenous land and, and you literally like you literally, number one, you don't own it. It's private property and you don't actually own it. Number one, number two, like it's unceded. Like there's a million, <laughs> there's so many things. And I mean, definitely like the conversations where people are curious and they want to learn, um, those are the conversations to in, engage in. And and you'll tell pretty quickly, like either it's just going to, you, you'll correct them and you'll move on, or people are curious and you have a lovely conversation or it gets hectic and you have to deal with it. What I will say though, is that I think the majority the majority of the time it doesn't get hectic, right? Like the, the majority of the time you either move on or there is a conversation about it where you're not, again, like fearful for your physical safety. But I do feel like despite that, despite the fact that your physical safety will remain intact, a lot of people don't don't use, don't correct people or don't bring it, bring it up. Um, don't acknowledge the fact that the name has been changed. And I think that, has more to do with being taught that we're meant to, meant to keep peace and that we're meant to not um, not challenge others and not wanting other people to think poorly about us. Um, but that like that mentality is what upholds white supremacy. That the niceness around it, like this, would be a time in which you not being nice is exactly what you should be doing because if you approach these situations nicely then you are reinforcing white supremacy and and that is problematic. There's also an opportunity to reframe what is nice. Whose side of nice are you on? So if there if there was a group of indigenous women standing there, who would you be nice to? I'm also air quoting right now. Who would you be nice to? Like who are you trying to protect? Are couldn't you argue that by using the name Palisades and encouraging others to do so and speaking to the truth of the name change, aren't you actually being nice to all indigenous women and then indigenous communities and then us as a global community? Isn't that fundamentally nicer than maintaining a language that like language that has been used to dehumanize people so that then they could steal and murder and like, what is like, what is this concept of niceness that we're trying to uphold? The thing is, I, I like that 
um, reframing. I think there are some people that are fucking assholes and they have no problem right. upholding white supremacy right. and they are fucking pieces of shit. Um, and the conversation, you know, is, is, is not healthy to be had there because they are completely protected and completely just smothered in their white supremacy and their power and privilege. And they don't want to shake, you know, an ounce of it away. Cause there's, you know, this idea that there's this finite power of it or that you, you, you change the name and all of a sudden you, what you, you, you become less of a person or, or I don't know. I, I do think that that to me is kind of like the top, the most toxic layer of it, but that's where the the very nature of what I would consider like kind of the grassroots and all of all the footwork and all of that is what over time combats that bigger messaging because it's so right. Cause here's the thing, fine. You, you're not going to support the name. To, you're going to decide to not buy an icon pass. I can pass and ski there. That's fine. What is very different is the conversation that's had in a community when it's been completely embraced. And this is not something that was like um, a snowball effect of um, racial justice movements around the globe and the, um, police brutality and Black Lives Matter. This has been a conversation in, uh, from the Washoe for decades and decades. Yeah. And so I think that's another thing that people lose sight of is this is not just like contemporary work or like a little, um, you know, bandwagon to hop on. This is like the constant pressure and the constant movement in communities. And when we can see it in a mountain community, I mean, we have so much work to do because there's a lot of economic and social um, disparities and challenges in, in so many mountain communities. But this, it's like, what a fucking opportunity. And it goes back to your point of it and of an exercise in language as power and having mm -hmm. that power in, and you're like the smallest way to contribute. And it's not small because it's big, but it is literally in terms of a shifting of language. Yeah. That's it. That's all it is. We're just shifting our language. There's so much power in that. I personally, I know you feel, I would love to hear from our listeners. If you have had experiences with challenging people or supporting people or just having conversations in and around the name change of Palisades, we would love to hear from you. Please send us your stories, your rants, your raves um, at juicybits at coalitionsnow.com. And um, just remember that the work that we do to make the outdoors more equitable and to make um, the world more equitable requires us to enter into difficult conversations in difficult situations. It's not going to always feel good and it's not always going to be easy. And that's part of the work. That's what we have committed to do. And so you, you have to be, you have to be prepared to be uncomfortable and to take risks and to put yourself out there and to be willing to, to lose a little bit, because if, if we don't do that, who, who will do it? Who will do it? Um, thank you, Jen. I Let's get together at Palisades and uh, do some shredding soon, my friend. Yes, we'll do that since we're going to be uh, skiing through through July. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Good winter. All right, everyone. Thanks Thanks for listening into this episode. Make sure that you send us your stories at Juicy Bits at Coalition Snow, and we will talk to you next time.